podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. Quiet news day, Thursday, international break, not a whole lot going on. Naby Keita did play for Guinea in their first uh, game of the break. He came on as a sub, which is nice to see that he's not just going to be running to the ground for three successive 90 minutes. Maybe they're going to manage him a little bit better for the first time, really, since Naby joined Liverpool. Uh, Guinea have always overplayed him when he's been coming back off injuries, when he's had a little niggle. They've just played him anyway. The plus is that now they do seem to have a greater crop of midfield talent. You look at the Guinea national team squad and there's some good players there. There's players there that can play, that do play and could play in high leagues. Um, which, when we first bought Naby, wasn't really the case. It was very much a, an emerging team, a team made up of, not to call them second-rate players, but you get what I mean. You look at it now and you've got Maddie Camera of, of Olympiacos. He's established himself. Amadou Diawara has established himself and he's a quality player playing at Roma. Um, you've got the other Kamara Agabu from Olympiacos. These are good players who can at least give Naby some time off. He doesn't have to play every minute of every game. They've got decent players in defence. They've got one or two decent attackers. And the better the Guinea get, the less Naby's going to have to play every game. And that's something that everybody should, as a Liverpool fan, should be happy about. It is a quiet news day, like I said. There's not a whole lot going on. I think the most interesting thing of today is the exclusive interview with Jurgen Klopp on This Is Anfield. So Matt Ladson sat down with him and had a, an extensive conversation. It's a really good piece. And I would suggest everybody go to This Is Anfield and have a look. It is their headline story at the moment. It's well worth your while. Jurgen Klopp has obviously hit 20 years now in management between Mainz, Dortmund and Liverpool. He doesn't seem like he's old enough to be 20 years into this this management gig, but he is and he's done incredible things, obviously, at Mainz, at Dortmund, and we know what he's done with us. He really has established himself as a modern great. And I, I think we need to, you know, take a moment and appreciate that rise when he took over at Dortmund, he was a little bit of an unknown, despite the great work he'd done at Mines, getting them promoted. Now they had gotten relegated, but he, he did incredible work there. He set the foundations for what they'd later become at Dortmund. He reestablished them as a, an elite team, back to back Bundesliga's champions league final challenged Bayern multiple times, even when they ran short built a great team and then had to rebuild it because just the nature of Borussia Dortmund, they sell their best players. They lose some of them on free transfers. He lost Sahin, Kagawa, Lewandowski, Gotze. But he brought in great players as well and developed them. And you look at the likes of Ilkay Gundogan, who we now see thriving for City, one of the best midfielders in the Premier League. It was Klopp that gave him the confidence to do that. Lewandowski is obviously one of the great success stories brought in. He was more of a second striker than a number nine at the time. Klopp turned him into one of the best strikers in the world. Lucas Pizjek was a, a very cheap attacker that they bought. He turned him into a right back. Shinji Kagawa 
They got him for 250,000. Klopp turned him into a top-class number 10. Admittedly, his time at United didn't go well, but that was more on United than on him. You know, you look at Marco Royce and what a player he became due to Jurgen Klopp's management. Sven Bender, Mats Hummels, Nevin Subotic. All of these players owe so much to Jurgen Klopp. And then you look at what he's been able to do when he, since he's come to Liverpool. The players he's brought in, how he's improved them, how he's improved players that came from the academy like Trent, like Curtis Jones. His focus on club first. Everybody fighting for one cause is kind of what defines this team. The one thing you'd always say about our group of players is that they're incredibly close-knit, that they play for each other. And while, yes, there are players who are better and more important than others, they don't act that way. Nobody acts as if they're above the group. Even that group of six who've been largely responsible for our success, Alison, Trent, Virgil, Fabinho, Mo, and Sadio, they don't act like they're better than everybody else. There's no there's no egos. Egos are left at the door when the players enter the building. So it, it is incredible what he's done at the club and competing against clubs that have far better wealth behind them in terms of, you know, Manchester City who have a country backing them. Chelsea with Roman Abramovich is billions, the cash cow that is Manchester United. Klopp's been able to not just compete with them, but better them. Now, there's another threat about to be formed in the north, in Newcastle. And that's going to be very interesting to monitor. It looks like their, uh, their buyout will go through. And that said, the Saudi Arabian, I think it's the Public Investment Fund. Is that what it's called? Um, they're going to take over. And they have wealth that would make your eyes water. They They have more money than every other club in the Premier League combined, every other owner in the Premier League combined. You can take the 10 richest owners in Europe right now, combine their net wealth, net worth, and they're not worth as much as the Saudi Arabian Public Investment Fund. So Newcastle will become a real threat. Now, it will take time, and it will take the appointment of the right people. There's no guarantee of success, even with all that money. There's no guarantee that they will recklessly spend in the same way that other clubs have done either. We shouldn't expect that they will. But if they do, if they do what Manchester City did, if they do what Chelsea did, if they appoint the right people, all of a sudden they will become a real threat and there, there'll be another problem that Jurgen Klopp will have to overcome. But you'd, you'd back the man to do it. You'd always back him to do it. 20 years in the game. Incredible. Uh, so check out that interview. Check out the other pieces on This Is Anfield. There's a couple of pieces on uh, LiverpoolFC.com as well about Kloppo. Uh, one about himself and Steven Gerrard and his view on what it would be like to be the manager of a, a prime Steven Gerrard. There's also a piece floating around. I can't remember where I saw it, where he, he called Andre Varnon a wonderful player. Um, I'm wondering if maybe Klopp would have had a few, few shandies or you know, a, a tipple of sherry before he gave that uh, that remark. But Jesus, it brought back some bad memories. Um, a former Red, Teo Owani, has received his first senior call-up for Nigeria. 
He scored eight goals in 12 games since joining Union Berlin in the summer for 6.5 million. Fantastic to see him do so well. Obviously, he's always been very talented, which is why Liverpool bought him to begin with. The work permit thing just didn't work for years. And when it finally did, the club made the decision to sell him. I wonder if they'd been able to find a buyer for Divock Origi, if they'd maybe given, maybe would have given Awani an opportunity. Um, it Maybe not. It might not have made any difference. But, you know, fair play to him. He's taken his chance since leaving. And he is doing very, very well for himself. So credit goes to him. Um, on Liverpool.com, obviously quite a lot of stuff as always. Uh, there's a piece entitled Kylian Mbappe to Real Madrid looks inevitable, but Liverpool have four transfer alternatives. Obviously, Mbappe to Liverpool has been something that's been batted around for years. There's no secret that the club would have liked to have signed him. And I think, you know, they would have been looking to maybe get him on a free transfer next summer if possible. Uh, so the four players that uh, Ben Boxack, who's a very good writer, uh, lists Kamaldine Suleimana of Rennes, tremendous player. He's not a striker like Mbappe. He's a, a wide forward, kind of like Mbappe used to be. Incredible talent, though, and someone well worth your while keeping an eye on. I would recommend watching Stad Rennes this season with him and Jeremy Doku once he returns from injury on their wings. I think they're going to be one of the most entertaining teams in Europe. Uh, Noni Mudeki is another very, very talented player, currently at PSV Eindhoven. He's English, was at the Spur in the Spurs Academy for a number of years, didn't see a path for himself to get to the first team, so decided to go to PSV, and he has done brilliantly since going there. Uh, he's definitely worth your while keeping, and obviously the homegrown side of things makes him an attractive target. Rayan Cherky is the third. He's a different type of player. He's a un very unique player. He's got some similarities to Nabil Fakir, who obviously we tried to sign before. But whereas Fakir was kind of that attacking midfield side of that player, Chucky's very much a second striker. I don't know if he's as effective when played wide. I think he prefers to play in more central areas. He's not really a 10. He's not a 9. He's kind of in between that. He's really, really talented, though, and well worth your while keeping an eye out. And then Leon Bailey is the fourth one, but he's just signed for Aston Villa, so I'm really not sure uh, why he has been listed. Mohamed Darami, he's one very much worth keeping an eye on. If you didn't see him play in the Champions League for FC Copenhagen, he's he's really, really talented, really exciting player to watch. Um, so he's one worth keeping an eye on. Jeremy Doku gets a mention, and Ali Yemi, who's obviously... I think it's well known at this point that he is a target for Liverpool. So there's a lot of good young options there. And you kind of feel like if we were to sign one of these really high-end young talents and then a more Diogo Jota type ready to come in and contribute straight away type of player, um, daily push for Ivan Tony would be ideal. Um, that would kind of be the best balance to get us the next iteration of what our attack is going to be. There's a piece about Pats and Daka and his struggles since joining Leicester and maybe, you know, a comparison to Taki Minamino and his struggles joining Liverpool. Um, I haven't read the piece by Dave Powell, but do check it out. 
Um, Erling Haaland has two airs at Red Bull Salzburg and Liverpool could flop, could plot a 40 million double transfer. Um, this is from James Martin. Obviously, one of the players is Adeyemi. The other one is Benjamin Sesko, who looks, again, like so many of these Salzburg um, attackers, looks really, really promising. Now, he's only 18. He's 6'4". He's got decent pace. He's strong as an ox. Last season, he played on loan at Leffering and looked fairly good. Now, this season... Still still early, we'll wait and see. But last season, he was really, really impressive. Uh, 21 goals in 29 appearances. Well worth your while keeping an eye on him as well. Uh, Slovenian international already at the age of just 18. So one to keep an eye on for sure. And finally, Liverpool and Chelsea could do battle over Arlen Chumeni of Monaco, according to Tuto Sport. Um super talented player and you could bring him in and play him as a number six next to Fabinho and also have him be your backup to Fabinho and your heir to Fabinho. He is incredibly gifted. Reports are Monaco want around 34 million. It's an absolute bargain for a player of that talent. He would be well worth Liverpool's while. Uh, making a move for he has been linked to Chelsea United and Juventus but if we were to make a move and go aggressively for him I, I think it would be it would be a smart move um, there is a piece on anfieldindex.com where you should all be going every day by Stephen Smith about uh, potential successors for Jurgen Klopp and who could be looked at when he leaves in 2024. And based on some of his comments in that This Is Anfield interview, it it does seem like 2024 will be the end of Klopp's tenure at the club. So Stephen Smith has a really good piece up there on anfieldindex.com. So make sure you give that one a read. In terms of podcasts, the latest Molby on the spot is up. Trev and Jan having a look at the Man City game. And chat about some broader issues as well very very good podcast give that a listen do listen to the new what if podcast new one launched on ai pro hosted by harry welchie and mark roberts and do check out the latest edition of under pressure again it's up on pro there's some really interesting points that i think a lot of people need to hear they might not want to hear them but i think they need to hear them in terms of the free side Anfield Index 300, the 300 episode of the main, original, old-school Anfield Index podcast is being recorded this evening. I think it's myself, Trev, Cam, and I think Mr. Drinkle's involved as well. Are you recording or are you speaking? I think I'm speaking. Good stuff. So it's a four-man pod. Should be fun. That'll be out tonight. So make sure you listen. And that'll do us for today. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.